Hello and welcome to Chew Fast, Chew Forever. Welcome to family. We chose this one. This is episode 290, Life in the Fast Lane, number 10. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. Joe, we got a big episode. We got so much news. We got a good number of emails. We got a minute where you have infinite things to talk about. Not really, but... Well, (laughs) yeah, I... Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the scramble later, I guess. I we we both I think we both psyched ourselves up, psyched you up to be like, there's going to be so much and just like just a bunch of cars. Yeah, just, but I actually found something really cool that I'm okay, good. that I'm excited to talk about. So yeah, we'll we'll actually have some something to talk about besides there's a lot of cars. So cool. Well, let us first start off by thanking our gracious patrons: Cassie Ooh. Wilson, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman and Brian Rodriguez of. Ooh. High School Slumber Party, Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole Lot of Wolves, mm-hmm. Michael Moser, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. We got Montez on next week for the tune-up. I messaged her saying that she has to get uh, her cousin's picks for her patron picks. And I asked her because she's going to be on those episodes, probably. So we need to make sure that they're both in alignment. Yes, very, true. Very, very good point. Exciting. Yeah. We have an email address, though, family at cageclub.me. I know Wes sent a couple emails about his patron picks and stuff, which we will read on the Patreon bonus episode we're doing next week about repo men. So we'll save those for then. But we got other emails. Family at cageclub.me. Joe, we got an email from Nick Burris. Okay, what's up, Nick? Subject line, justice. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I think, Nick writes, that Giselle, gal, was at the same hospital Owen was at, since they should have been rescued at the same time or so. So she comes Mm. back since Deckard blew up the inside, or blew up the hospital she's in, she goes all the way Columbiana on them. Oh. So her revenge isn't because she got pushed out of a plane, it's because of the hospital explosion. She wants revenge on Dex, I guess. Okay. Well, she didn't get pushed out of a plane. She jumped yeah. off to, to save, save home. Yeah. Plus, Nick says, Brian changes the diapers. He was babysitting in at least two movies, LOL. He does, yeah. And I didn't watch it, but I bought a couple of those huge Zippos from Afghanistan when I was over there for my first tour. I thought they were cool, plus I had a little smaller one, too. Four Horsemen, Nick out. What was the movie we were talking about with the huge Zippo? Oh, I fr- Oh, um, uh, the tr- uh, truck... Uh, Truck oh, Rascals. Truck Rascals 5, yeah. Yeah, he had a really big he had a really big lighter in that. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, that's I guess cool, Nick has those. They that's exist. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that they actually existed. I thought it was just like a movie prop. Well, so. it seems like not-America thing. If he did him on, he got him on tour, and that was in Japan, right? So, like, you know, yeah, yeah, Middle East sense. or whatever, right? I so. wonder if it's like promo shits. Like, you know, when you have, like, you'd put it on the counter to say that you have Zippos type situation. You know oh, what I'm saying? Maybe. But I would imagine that those wouldn't work. But I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Very cool, though. I like that you have it. Yeah, that is really cool. You should go watch Truck Rascals. It was a blast. Our next email from Wes Hampton. Subject line, Life in the Fast Lane blooper reel, which is our last one. What up, fam? What up, Wes? He says, you didn't think I would remember, Joey. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wes is always like, I'm going to email in. I'm like, okay, so email in. And then he just talks to us in the chat and then... I'm like, email in. He's like, no, you get enough emails. I'm like, no, just email your thoughts in. 
So yeah, the, these thoughts, these like good, not like, hey, look at this dumb thing, like right. the things that are like, oh man, I was watching that movie and I mm-hmm. thought this thing, and you're like, okay, Wes, yeah, this is perfect for us to read. He says the game plan is basically the tooth fairy or the babysitter again. We're talking about the rock. He says you're thinking of the rundown. It was either this movie or the tooth fairy that caused the rock to fire his management team and start turning himself into franchise Viagra because he didn't want to be another action guy doing family movies. There's a good Rolling Stone interview from a few years ago that really shines a light onto his whole deal. And it's a wait, that's the wrong link, Wes. God damn it, Wes. Fuck everything up. Did he link it to like just the wrong? He linked article? a YouTube video that he talks about later, I think. But okay. Uh, so as I sent you that D and Diesel thing a couple months ago, but you said I would have to request it as my patron pick for you to watch it. There's also okay. a five minute version. It's kind of a critical role side project thing called Celebrity D and D, where they have celebrities play a one shot. This was a tie in with the last Witch Hunter, where they created a Witch Hunter class so he could play Calder with them. He actually seems kind oh. of uncomfortable playing it, which brings me to dot dot dot. Joe Manganiello, your boy Pittsburgh. Yep. Has kind of talked a little shit about Vin and D&D. Oh. Oh, he's a big D&D fan. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's see. On The Late Show, Wes writes, Stephen Colbert brought up his celebrity game and says Vin Diesel plays, and Joe says, quote, I don't know if he does. He says he does, but I don't know anybody that plays with him, and I would know. Oh, the dirt. The the, the, the D&D Diesel dirt here. The D&D dirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dirt and Diesel. The interview is nine minutes long and entirely about D&D, all right? But the Vin comment happens around 8.30 if you're curious. So he links that. Okay. He says, Joe Manganiello is the best. I'd love to see him join the family. He'd be fun as hell. He was already Flash Thompson in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, but I always wanted him to play Craven the Hunter. We'll see how Aaron Taylor Johnson does, I guess, but I'll, I always wish it was Manganiello. I think with a comment like that, he's probably banned forever from Fast and Furious, right? Well, yeah, I would, yeah. You know. I would guess. That's what I would think. He says, Joe, we were recently in Ireland in general. Do we know he was in Ireland? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think he told us. We were recently in Ireland, and generally the best that can be said about Irish food is that it's hearty and filling, but there are some really good St. Patrick's Day foods that all I always look forward to. My wife's family's been having St. Patrick's Day parties since she was little, not just drinking parties, actual parties. And okay. with the exception of the last few years, we've kept up the tradition. Of course, there's drinking involved, but as you know, I can't partake, and I still enjoy it. We do a lamb stew that's delicious, a Guinness steak pie that's delicious, and she makes Irish good. car bomb cupcakes based on the Interesting. drink. Interesting. Interesting. That's a Guinness chocolate cake with an Irish whiskey ganache filling and an Irish cream frosting. Very delicious, he says. That sounds amazing. And Mrs. West is a baker, as we all know. So Mm -hmm. I bet they're fucking fire. Of course, my mom makes corned beef and cabbage. It's also, you guess it, delicious. You can come celebrate us with us next year. We won't tell your mom. That's it for now. Until next time, (laughs) stay furious, West. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that story. We will not tell my mom that I am celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Did we? we what episode did we talk about St. Patrick's Day? Did we, did we record on St. Patrick's Day? Was there a St. Patrick's Day movie? Was it just the blooper reel in general? I think general? it was recording. I think we were recording on like, oh, St. Patrick's right. Day. Oh, right. Yeah, blooper reel. Because we were talking about we were talking about St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Yeah, because mm. you had like you went to a St. Patrick's Day party and you asked me about St. Patrick's Day foods. Yeah. No, I did not go to a St. Patrick's Day party. I think we were talking about. 
do I? You said, do I do anything for St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, and do I do any of the foods you were like, and stuff? Fuck no, leave drinking to the professionals. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, my Google Calendar for Friday the seventeenth has nothing on it. <laughs> That's good. I didn't even well, do yoga that day because I think that was the day where I'm like, I'm gonna go walk around because it's beautiful out. Anyway, okay. Our next email from Babakar. Subject line: Fast Ten News and Updates. What's up, bud? How are you? What's up, guys? Babakar here. By the time I'm writing this email to you at 12.16 a.m. in the morning on Saturday or Sunday, we're less than 50 days away and less than 35 days away, excluding weekends, from FX. That's what I'm calling it now as it sounds more badass, and I like the template F9 did with its title. Let's just say things are ramping up faster than before as we approach they that are. date, i.e. the marketing campaign has begun. So we emailed this 10 days ago, so now we're, I guess we're... 40 days away and we're deep in it yeah yeah a 40 lot. days 40 nights yeah Oof. Oof. is that the josh hartner movie i was just talking about lent in general but sure mm. i'm giving up fast 10 for lent that's <laughs> a uh unlev fastened bread hmm Keep working on it. Work, workshop that okay. a little bit more. Yeah, I need to run that one by again. A lot, and I mean a lot of information has come out the last few weeks, and for me, it's really tempered and even raised my expectations for the penultimate entry in the saga. I want to give my thoughts to every news piece and hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Most of this information came from Total Film, released on March 30th, and they go in depth for what this film will be and who the characters are. One thing, oh, I also, we have more that we're going to get to in the news segment, which if we don't cover here, and I have some stuff that's related maybe to that, I don't remember. The timeline is all screwy. We only do this every three weeks. I don't remember when things happen, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. It happens. We learned that Brie Larson's character Tess is going to be related to... And thankfully, it's not the obvious one a lot of people thought. She's not Brian's sister, but Mr. Nobody's daughter, which I find to be interesting and intriguing. Bree said when it, she comes in to help Dom defeat Dante, but has initial distrust around her, so he gives a task for her to complete in order to join La Familia. What that task is, we'll have to see, but this is going to answer a lot of questions from Nine. Hey, hopefully. That would be cool. One of the things that I noted and when I tweeted out about that Fast X or Fast 10 a look inside video was that it looked like Alan Richson, who is Jack Reacher, who plays Agent Ames in this movie. I was like, it looks like he's like SWAT, like maybe Brazilian SWAT. But according to the wiki, he is the new leader of Mr. Nobody's agency who does not think too fondly of Dom and his crew. Interesting. So maybe the, it seems like what it's setting up is that Alan Richardson comes in and is just like, these guys have had it too good for too long. We got to we gotta tamp down. And then Brie Larson is like, Tess is like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. The daughter of Mr. Nobody and a rogue representative of his agency who allies with Dom and his crew, according to Diesel, she drew inspiration from his daughter, Pauline, for the character of Pauline was named after Paul Walker. So it seems like Brie Larson being Mr. Nobody's daughter... Mr. Nobody maybe gave more leeway to the family. Alan Richardson says, you know, Agent Ames comes in and just says, no, sir. And then she's like, yes, sir. Maybe. Babacar goes on. We were under the assumption that Mr. Nobody died in Monte Quinto in the beginning. Did we? I don't think we assumed that he died. We, no, no, at least us. We never assumed that he died. It was just like a message left. And Come on, man. We don't see a body. What nope. do we say every time? We never, even if you do see a body... Probably a chance that they're not dead anyways. Truly. And that was the end of the plot line, but it seems like my correct thoughts of Nine being the beginning of the end trilogy, 
We'll see how plot holes in F9 will be answered accordingly and or expanded in 10, and this is one of them. We'll get a definite answer on his fate here. Also, Brie mentions we'll, be, we'll see more of her action of her driving and mowing down even more enemies in this film. Oh, cool. I like that. Give her some, some more to do. Yeah. As for Dante, not much was revealed, as we already know, but he did say he was excited to work on stunts and action sequences by himself, especially in Rome. He mentioned he was anxious to join the film after hearing the drama related to previous entries, but came in, was treated like one of the family, and had a blast on set. That's cool. Good. There were three major important things I took from the article and two interviews Michelle did that really has me pumped, lowered, and raised my expectations and hype at the same time. One that fast films, have, which which fast films have not done before, the fact that Justin Lin after left after one week of production, the script that Louis Leterrier, Louis Leterrier, edited and arrived when with when he got the call in four days, ninety percent of it is from Justin's base, and Louis said he was happy to improve on it and make it in legacy for him and what he wanted the finale to do. Glad to hear that as I had doubts about whether his film would feel like a mishmash of ideas and themes and plots between them that ultimately hamper the film. So it seems like 90% of the script that, like, the rewrite is still based on the original, which, yeah, I I don't think we thought that, like, it was a full, total, complete rewrite, because that'd be insane. Yeah, that, like, from square one. No, because, and we also thought that, like, Vin probably has a lot of influence on it anyway, so... It's not like he was going to let him, like, start from scratch on the plane, too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Number two, Babacar says how the film is going to stake differently and how Lewis openly confirms subtly that some will not survive this outing of potentially 11 as well. Honestly, this is good to hear for a finale as big and vast as this. To set the precedent in our heads that this won't end like previous chapters where everyone's alive, it's the idea I had coming into 10 and 11. I'm glad he's making that clear. I agree. Yeah, we've been, we've been saying for a long time. Somebody gotta go. Finally, number three. Vin has confirmed they'll be finding a way to bring Brian back to say goodbye to him and his character. I think we all knew this was the plan since 10 and 11 were confirmed to be the finale. For how beautiful and magnificent the ending of 7 was and how it enhanced the movie in a big way, getting a true goodbye to the character of Paul and Brian and to the whole ending of the franchise is the goal for everyone involved. Seeing him come back as a way that's respectful and touching as Seven was, with Cody and Caleb potentially coming back to reprise the role, the manner they'll do so is up for question, but do you think bringing him back for the final act, NWH style? What's NWH? I don't know. I have no idea. Or just the ending only. Curious to hear your thoughts on this in particular. I don't want Brian back. I might be going against like the, the masses here. I don't want him back. I think that they they send him off beautifully, and I, I don't think we it, they're gonna. Mm. I don't want a goodbye. I don't mind him popping in. Is where I stand currently. Like I don't mind him popping in, doing another like Brian's watching the baby. Maybe they even call him in, and like you see his car do like join up for the set piece because like he's not dead in the movies, right? So like I don't mind that. But, like, I don't want to have to redo a whole, like, goodbye Paul Walker type situation. I get that, like, the character of Brian is still alive in these movies and, like, you want to, I don't, but it's just, Paul died. He did, yeah. We said goodbye. We did. Move on. Yeah, I, yep, I. Like, I love how they have him, like, show up to the barbecue at nine because we don't have to, like, think about it. It's just like, oh, he's part of the family. He's still there. But if he's just, like part of the crew it's like what are we doing if he has a big role in this movie i i think it could go worse than it can go well and i think that's what you're trying to get to too 
Plus, as we keep saying, there are already too many characters in these movies. Giving him a lot to do means that somebody else doesn't have things to do. And we want Gal back. Give mm-hmm. me Gal back. Yeah. As opposed to bringing Brian back, in right. my opinion. But yeah. The last thing I want to touch on is Michelle's comments on Kelly Clarkson's show. She mentioned how she watched the final cut not too long ago and was shocked at how they improved Nine and made a better movie than that after she thought they couldn't, and she loves the cast and all that. But the big thing I want to take away is the ending. Yeah, we know the movie's going to end on a cliffhanger. It's a given for part ones, but she explained it left me kind of in this limbo, scared, anxious, and excited, intrigued. She said it's going to end in a manner that's incomplete that will leave us, the audience, being like, what, that's it? You can't leave us hanging here. With those comments, I have two thoughts. His scared, anxious thoughts. I have feelings that this means the film will end abruptly on a weird spot that seems unorthodox for a film to end on, not wrapping up plot lines in a concise way and leaving the audience confused because they're thinking, quote, that's not an ending. it go very well or very bad. Interested to see that. I think that that's probably what's going to happen because it's part one of a part two. We talked about this. They don't really need to end it because, like, they're telling a long story and they want to sell two movie tickets. So that's fine by me. And I expect them to just end it fucking somewhere weird on a cliffhanger, whatever. Like, spoilers for Infinity War and Endgame, which I'm still going to spoiler alert those until the end of the time because I think it's funny. Well, like, I don't like Infinity War, because, so, like, when Nico and Kevo did HTML, they did their thing, they did, like, a poll, and they, like, they they asked everybody, like, their, like, rankier MCU movies, and the number one, on average, was Infinity War. I'm like, how does everyone love this movie? It's literally just set up for the end. Yeah. I see it, I'm like, there's cool stuff in there, I like parts of that movie, but, like, as a movie, it's not a thing. Like, Endgame ends it, this is just, like, like, I think without that, Endgame, whatever, but just, like, I don't know. And you need to kind of consider them as one, like, I think eventually we will consider X and XI as one, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's, like, a two-parter, like, we're going to eventually wind up talking about them as one story. The issue to me is that we don't know when Eleven is coming out. We don't know if it's going to be next year, which I don't think it's going to be because they would have nah. announced it, I think, right? Yeah. I think it's going to be two years. I think we're got, we're, we're on a two-year every other. So we're going to watch this movie like three or four times maybe this lap, like early on, and then another two or three times before Eleven comes out. And every time Probably. be like, come on, guys, let's just see it end. Yeah. Then we'll get the trailer. They'll kind of tell us what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it works. How it rolls. He says, the excited intrigued part, this brings me back to a tweet I saw Reaction Rocket make. I also want to say, if you want Fast and Furious news, don't listen to this. Just follow Reaction Rocket on Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if like his if he gets paid to follow this news, but like he is up to Finger date on, on the stuff. pulse, always. And like I know that the new format of this, we're only gonna be like every three weeks, but I'm just like I just look. I'm just like, how long ago? Like, I see a thing. I'm like, oh, this must be new. And it's like 14 hours ago. Reaction Rocket Twitter. I'm just like, Jesus, man. Like, <laughs> I'm, I don't mean this as a criticism. I'm like, I'm impressed by like how quickly he's on top of it or they're on top of it. I don't Nailed know. it. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. Yep. This brings back to a tweet I saw Reaction Rocket make in response to your tweet about the runtime and might actually explain this ending. Maybe he's right where Fast 10 is a big movie split in two parts that 11 will immediately pick up where 10 left off redeeming that weird end point and getting to a normal, regular conclusion. It's a risk that if it works out, it could really benefit the film, but if it doesn't, it could blow up in his face. Here's to hoping for the former. Let's hope for the best. Just hoping nothing happens. 
Anyways, can't wait to hear your thoughts on this exciting news and more as we get closer and closer. Talk soon. Take care. P.S. This is why I mean my last email to the film's release is I'm shutting off all socials and anything related to oh. fast to stay crystal oh. and somewhat blind to the film in its moments. I feel like you already know so much about it. All right, that's fair. You already know a ton, yeah. If there's anything we know from Nine's second trailer, it's that there's a disregard for the major plot points that you can out the film's entire outline from there. It ruined my experience with Nine a little bit, so it won't... I don't want it to let it ruin me here, just FYI, Babakar. Well, yeah, take care of yourself. Do what you want to do. Yeah, and hey, man, welcome to Team No Trailers. Good job. You you did the solid to me of letting me skip the I'll second trailer of Nine. I don't know that I can skip this one. I feel like I have to see it. I mean, we're also like five weeks. I don't know. Yeah, true. Last email that we're going to read today is from Jerry Robbins and subject line, what up, fam? What up, Jerry? How are you doing, bud? Jerry says, man, it's been a long time coming. Here's what I've been up to the last few months. I paid off all my debts, which is a major stress. Congrats. Congrats. I, as you know, so I always say that, like you guys know, I've talked about it before. I game airline miles. One of the main things that I say is that I'm just tricking my friends into getting free flights to pay off their debt and fix their credit. So I'm very, very proud of you. Can't be stated enough. Good job, bud. Myself, Ileana, and her mom have re-signed up for MoviePass. Hell yeah. And so Joey far, it's not too, bad. Yeah. We use it for Creed 3 and 65. By the way, definitely sucks. So I agree with you, Joey. We just saw we just saw 65, like, um, you know, available to rent. Mm-hmm. Rachel was like, 65? What is that? Oh, look, it's Adam Driver. I was like, Joey said this movie's about dinosaurs and doesn't make... We talked about it, and she was like, what? It's Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Movie Pass is good though. I mean, I, I told you on Saturday. Yes. I use so the way that Movie Pass it's different. I also don't think this is right. I don't think Movie. I don't understand. I think there's all sorts of stuff screwed with the system. It's still in beta, whatever. But I pay twenty dollars a month for a hundred and forty credits. You don't need to really know okay. what that means. Do they roll over? They roll over. You can you can have up to two months total credits at a time. So you can hit two eight two eighty. Yes, correct. max. And you, then you have to spend down and they don't... Okay, Correct. Cool. Yeah, so you can't have like 420. You can't even have 281, supposedly. Who knows? But I spent 18 credits on a $17 movie ticket. So I paid $20 for 140 credits. And I spent 18 of those credits on a $17 ticket. Like, I don't understand how any of this math works up in their favor. But, you know, whatever. Hey, man. Bless them. Yeah. We finished Game of Thrones for the first time, shed tears, yelling, and mouth gasps. Wow, okay. I never finished, so good job, bud. Still currently into F1, hoping Lewis Hamilton wins his eighth title and retires to being a minority Denver Broncos owner. Well, Homer Simpson owns the Broncos full-time and want Chico to leave Red Bull since, although Verstappen is great, I don't like him much. Verstappen's annoying, and I'm si- I'm sure you know by now, uh, Lewis doesn't look good in this car this year, so... The Mercedes, they fucked up the Mercedes, Joey. It's really slow. Uh, they did. They have been doing pretty decent now, but like it was pretty slow to start. Also, uh, not to encourage you to rack up debts <laughs> after you just paid all yours off, but the F one like uh, subscription thing is fucking sick. One of my buddies uh, got one, and we're sharing it. You can do like a ton of screens at the same time, and you can get driver views and the driver radios of the races live, including like a race map. So if you're getting into it and you think you might want to do that, 
uh, maybe check out a trial or like a month subscription or something like that. We were watching the races with, uh, you know, two TVs. I got Char on one, Carlos on the other. Can see their driver views as they, you know, blow up the car or whatever. And then like the main race on the main one. Um, it's awesome. Check it out if you're into it. And it's like it's it's a it's a standalone app or it's part of something else. It's an app, and it's like I think it's only like eighty dollars for the year or something too. Not not to be confused with NFL Sunday Ticket, which is seven thousand dollars a year or whatever it is. But if you subscribe to YouTube TV, it's only six thousand dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, paying seventy two dollars a month for that. If and if you buy it before next month, then it's a hundred dollars off. Um, but no, it's eighty dollars for like the whole race circuit, and they have like the pre-race stuff and like post-race and uh like i said i think the driver views are fucking awesome and you can listen to their comms so actually like in the super nerdiest thing ever is i use my bluetooth headphones to connect to the side tv listen to the comms watch the main race and then have the other driver view on the other one it's pretty crazy that's crazy it's dedication it's fun no it's it's like a fun way to watch it because you get like the whole fucking shebang of what's happening too so Wait, did you know what I meant in there that so there's what? an episode of The Simpsons that ends where Homer owns the Broncos and that's never addressed again? No, that's cool though. I, I figured, I mean, like I figured it was a, like a Simpsons reference, but I didn't. I don't know the context of there's it. There's one episode where he he inherits or he wins the Broncos, and then like years later he's like watching a Broncos game, and I'm just like, dude, you own the Broncos, like reference. But you know, I know every sitcom you know restarts to where it was. Okay, yeah, exactly, yeah. Jerry says, I have a theory on two family members that'll die in these next two movies. My first is John Cena. Brothers united and joined forces. One of them definitely dies. We've talked about that in recent episodes. Yeah, he's low-hanging fruit because he's the newest addition, right? So it won't hurt as bad. You kill off somebody main in quotation marks, but it's not like you're killing off Dom or something. Feels like a cop-out, but I get it. I get it. He says, next to Paris should be Tej, classic heroic death, where he saves Ramsey and she'll tell him her last name or accepts his hand in marriage or they have a secret wedding like Dom and Letty. She'll be known as Ramsey Parker holding her belly, announcing she's pregnant with Tej's child that Roman becomes the godfather of. The godfather or stepfather? Wait, so you think Tej saves Ramsey and Ramsey's like, oh my god, I love you. Let's get married. You have my... She's I'm having your she's baby. Im- and immaculate conception immediately. Tej dies, and then Roman's like, "Well, now that we don't have to compete, you're going to marry me too." I think Godfather, stepfather would be a strat, but you know who knows. I like stepfather better. We got Roman news to talk about. We got Tyrese news to talk about in the in the on the street segment. Are you so. talking about the news that mm-hmm. I sent you? Okay, good. Well, no, not that news. I was talking about the other news, the other ratchet news, but you know. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. We definitely need to talk. About. Okay, we we have lots of lots, Roman, of lots of Tyrese news. <laughs> Tyrese has been Tyrese has been popping back up lately. I don't think anything that's going to happen, Jerry. Like I think it'd be cool. I think that's very fast Cena, and furious yes. that you described it, but I don't think any of that's going to happen. You know, Tej might die, but I don't think that like she, he, and Ramsey. He could save Ramsey, sure. I don't think they're going to get together. I don't think she's having his baby. I don't think Roman's becoming the godfather of that baby. Even though that's very fast and furious, I don't think that's going to happen. But who knows? Yeah. Carapixel come back soon. I have two in mind for now. Cool. Oh, nice. Again, like we said, I think on the most recent episode, like we'll get, who knows when we'll get to them, but it's nice to have some in the back pocket. Yep. Valentine's Day, I took Ileana to Paso Robles. Do you know that? I don't know that. Do you know Paso Robles? It sounds kind of familiar, but I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, it's a city in California. Cool. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yes. 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 Looks like it's in wine country. Maybe I saw these pictures. Yeah. 
That's all I have for now. Be fast, never last. Don't get past or you'll lose that ass. No, Monica. Well, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry, for writing in. Good updates, bud. I'm glad you're doing well. Hang strong. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, we will talk about it on the next episode of this, next Life of the Fast Lane. Joe, is, with all this news, with all these updates, is Dwayne Johnson in Fast 10? Well, Reaction Rocket brought up something that we didn't remember or never had seen before, one or the other. Oh, the picture from Fate. Yes. No, I don't think it was fake. No, he, he said was it, was like fate. At, it was Fate. It was Fate? The black and white picture you're F9. talking about? No, F9 fate. or Fate? It was Fate. Interesting. I, I'm sorry. In that in that case, I thought it was F9, and he was standing at the Toretto racetrack where Dom's dad dies. Because it Remember has like, that fence. Remember when this re- they released this photo of The Rock as Hobbs right as production of Fate was starting up? I wonder whatever happened to this look. Was this just for promo and not actually for the movie at The Rock? Okay. Anna Bellina says, Someone looked at the daily, saw that facial hair, looked absurd on camera, and had him shave it off. <laughs> It is a very long goatee. Yeah, no, it looks like it's at a racetrack, but no, that's fate. Okay. I misread. I'm sorry. I thought it was him on set of F9, and I was like, that really is racking my no, brain. No, I think we would have heard about that. This is just, who knows? I mean, there's there's all sorts of pictures that, like, whether they're for the movie, whether just, like, some photographer's like, oh, look, Dwayne looks really cool over there. Like, who knows, right? Like, Yeah, I don't know. But, but is he in Fast 10? No. And not in this thing that we watched either. We'll talk about that. But on the streets, Joe, news about the Fast Furious. Well, first off, our store is now at cageclub.me slash shop. If you want to go there, there's nothing new. We got new ideas, but, you know, whatever. We'll get there eventually. We got Brie Larson as Mr. Nobody's daughter, which we talked about a little bit already. Yeah. Anything more to say about that or no? No, I think that's a curious. That's a a nice play, though. I, I enjoy that maybe a little bit more than Brian's sister. It will be interesting. You can go a lot of different ways with that. I, I'm i trying to piece it out, and the curiosity that I have is working well for what they did. So, good job. It's definitely outside the box, which I give them credit for, because yep. it could have been Brian's sister, could have been Cypher's sister. I mean, it's, they still could be, to be honest, but yeah, <laughs> realistically, her being Mr. Nobody's relative is like, oh, okay, so you're actually going to do something with Mr. Nobody, which is good. Yes. Also talking about Vin and Louis Leterrier, talking about the changing the director, which we covered, I think, also in Babacar's thing. Also, Vin Diesel can't imagine the Fast Saga ending without a goodbye to Brian O'Connor. Talked about that as well. Makes sense, yeah. What we did not talk about was Michelle Rodriguez saying, I think this was in that Kelly Clarkson thing, Charlize and I shot our Fast 10 fight scene with, quote, no director. We don't need one. Let's do this. That's awesome for them. Good shit. I like it. What's weird to me, and this is not a thing for this podcast, this is more of a thing for Watch the Throne. But I feel like Charlize, as a producer, as someone who's been in Hollywood for so long, I don't think she's ever directed a thing. Maybe she doesn't want to. There might also just be the inherent institutionalized sexism that, like, women can't direct. But I feel like she's powerful enough that if she wanted to, I she think could. she could. I think she could if she wanted. Like, even, like, an episode like an episode of a TV show or some, anything. Anything. I'm sure they would give her the power to do something. She's been a producer on 23 Things, actor in 70, and did costumes on some musical called Meat Shake, which is a short that I've never even heard of. We didn't cover, so I have no idea. Um, that sounds weird. Okay. But yeah, I, I would be surprised. I'm surprised that she didn't direct because I feel like, like Michelle Rodriguez, I don't think is direct. I don't, I get, the, I get the sense, maybe she would want to, but I feel like, 
Actually, I, before I run my mouth, how many things has Michelle Rodriguez produced? Mm. Just one. Yeah, I, I feel like based on just like what I've gathered from like interviews and stuff, it feels like she just wants to like be a part of thing, like act in things. And Charlize wants to be like, you know, be behind the scenes a little bit more, you know, how the sausage is made, so on and so forth. So, okay. but I mean, obviously Michelle Rodriguez has been in like 50 movies or whatever, right? So 53 movies. I'm looking at her IMDb right now. So like she knows how stuff gets done, right? So like you have yeah. two pros who know these characters by now, just like, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, I think so. Still badass though. It is. It's really cool. It's a good move. I like it. So there's the Fast 10 wiki that has a bunch of information. Oh, Jesus, there's so much information here. It's crazy, man. I want to see here. So we have Vin as Dom, Letty, Roman, Tej, Dante. So here's what they say about Dante. The son of drug lord Hernan Reyes seeking revenge against Dom and his crew for his father's death during Fast Five. Momoa described the character as Dom's foil, saying he's, quote, very sadistic and androgynous and a bit of a peacock. He's got a lot of issues, this guy. He's definitely got some daddy issues. Momoa expressed a desire to play against type when portraying Dante, taking on a, quote, less macho character. And he performed his own stunts for the film. We knew all that. Okay. Yep. Ramsey, Mia, Jacob, Deckard, Han, Agent Ames, which we talked about before, Isabel, Daniela Melchior's Isabel, a Brazilian street racer with a powerful tie to Dom's past. Powerful tie to his past. What if she's one of the girls that he's kissing in... Los Bandoleros, and we just didn't remember. One of the I Smell Skanks? No, that's, that's from the first movie. But like that's when from she the first says, movie, but she's like, what does she say? She says like... You better get your hands off them or something like that. She's just like... Something, yeah. Everybody in Ultimatum, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scott Eastwood as Eric Reisner slash Little Nobody. He has an actual name? Eric Reisner. R-E-I-S-N-E-R. All right. Uh, I don't think we knew that. Okay. Helen Mirren as Queenie. She drew inspiration for the character from her aunt, also nicknamed Queenie, and from her performance as Queen Elizabeth II in The Queen. Okay, sure. All right. So I guess that's why she's Queenie. Magdalene, Queenie, Elmanson, Shaw, E-L-L-M-A-N-S-O-N. All right. Cypher, Tess, the daughter of Mr. Nobody and a rogue representative. I read that before. And Rita Moreno as Abuelita, the grandmother of Dom, Jacob, and Mia. Michael Rooker set to return as Buddy. Cardi B as Lisa. Reprising the roles cool. from F9, Leo Abelo Perry will appear as Brian Marcos, Dominalina's son. Don Omar and Tego Calderon are set to reprise their roles as Rico Santos and Tego Leo. Sounds cool. I like Leo that. Santos back. Very, very yep. cool. So there's like, there's so much about the development and the vehicles and the casting and the filming and the post-production and the marketing. It. So if you want to, I'm not going to read all that. It's, it's entirely too much. No, I'm saying don't spoil it for yourself, bud. Oh, yeah. Also that. There is one thing, though. A sequel, what? which is planned to serve as the 11th final main installment, is in development. Prior to the development of Fast 10 in June 21, Diesel said every story deserves its ending. I know people are going to feel like it doesn't have to end, but I think all good things should. There are reasons for a finale. I think this franchise has deserved it. I think so, too. And we've talked about... He he, he said it in the other thing. We, we'll get to it. said it in the other thing we watched, too. In February 23, Diesel said he wanted Robert Downey Jr. to star in the final installment as the main antagonist, revealing a character has been in development, which is, quote, the antithesis of Dom. Michelle Rodriguez said she wanted Matt Damon in the final film. Later that month, Diesel also confirmed the 11th film would be the final main installment, saying, quote, what gets harder about these is the work off screen, the thinking, the expanding. It's hard to continue mythologies. There's a reason why Tolkien started or stopped writing after a while. Fucking nerd, man. Like, you know. 
Lord of Rings can go on forever, so neither can we, right? You know. Yeah. So we have two other videos. We have the Fast 10 for fans and family. This is from a week or two ago. Uh, we learned that Daniela Melchior is Isabel, which you just talked about. Rita Moreno is Abuelita. Tyrese also pronounces a Fast 10. Okay. Helen Mirren's there, which we knew. And the only thing other thing from that one is that 1327 is a broken window, which, sure. But, you know, okay. things, things go on, 1327. Things happen. Okay. There's also the video Fast 10, A Look Inside. This is the one that came out this week as we're recording this. Trayvon, yes. What of note did you pop out? Because I, I put some thoughts on our Twitter, but what did you notice here? Anything of importance you want to share for this one? I was mainly listening to the actors describe the things. Mm-hmm. Like, I just brought up that Vin says that, you know, like, we deserve an ending. Mm-hmm. Michelle Rodriguez, like... I, I can't tell if she was trying to sell hard and she didn't believe it. Did you find some skepticism like, in Michelle's? Like, There's a lot going on. You got to prep. It's like, all right, like what? I got the impression. She's like, if you do your homework, you're going to love this. Casual fans okay. might not. Okay. that's That sounds like a good, like. I mean, that's that's not a good thing to have for a movie, though. Like, I know, again, this is the ninth movie, the ninth core or the tenth core movie, right? Like, I get that. But it's also at the same time, just like. Maybe don't have your female lead be like, you're going to want to make sure you see the other movies. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they told her she needs to, like, play up the role of the other movies for sales and rentals. And th- who knows? But it's there was some reluctance. That's, that's a very nice positive spin on a thing that I thought was just, like, n- maybe not a positive thing. Yeah, that I'm trying to stay positive, but I am. I get it. I mean, I also think that like that means that we and everybody who listens to this podcast is gonna be fine. Like I don't think that's ever gonna be. Oh issue. yeah. Yeah, not for us. I'm right. I'm confident that it's gonna be okay. Like we're we're not gonna like miss anything, you mm-hmm. know? We give them Easter eggs to set up that they don't, so yeah, yeah I get you. In this video, it looks like they return to the tunnels from the end of four. It looks like it Maybe. looks like they definitely reshot stuff or are reusing footage from Fast Five. That bridge scene with with Brian is in the trailer, um, so I'm wondering, you know, if Brian is exclusively in this in like flashbacks, I'm okay with that. Sold, done, agreed. Yep, it's not gonna happen like that though. No, I, I saw know, the car but, pull you know, up at the end of nine. But, I know. Okay, I know, I know. The chain necklace back, obviously. Yeah. The, the big thing, the surprising thing to me was that they once again show Deckard, I was going to say Statham and Deckard, Deckard, this, opening yeah. the door for Han, and there's new dialogue. I'm like... Yeah, they kind of huh. ruined the, the, the... Already, they're telling you what happened. I'm sure that they edited that and there's something else that he... That's not like... They didn't spoil it off the rip, you don't think, right? Yeah, I They've don't. done some some clever editing there to be like, okay, and now we smash some skulls or something, right? Because he says something along those lines, right? Like, stack the bodies mm-hmm. or something. I don't think that's the first thing he says. I think that he probably opens it, he's like, you, they have a conversation, and then he's like, like once they make like a mild resolution and close that, then he's like, now we stack the bodies. And then they are boys, and, you know, like... It's, it's just, it's weird to me, like, I can see you, like, going back to, like, scenes from previous movies, like, you know, adding stuff, whatever... But this is a movie that you just made, theoretically, when you knew how the next two movies were going to go. Yeah. And you're like, all right, we saw it, because in 9, in the credit scene, we see Deckard 
open the door and Han just storms in and goes to Black. We're like, oh shit. But here yeah. it's just like Han is still outside the door. So unless like Deckard's still in there and like this is a different time or something, I don't know. No, no, no. It's not a bad thing. It's just sort of a strange thing. It's strange. And strange to include that in the trailer. Like, we assumed we were going to get this, but like save that for the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm hmm. Uh, we get B- Baby B in Jacob's car, and it looks like he's almost about to curse, too, which is very bad. Very bad boy. Oh, soap in his mouth. But the best line of the entire trailer, and probably of the movie, even though, what Say was your, what was your favorite good. line from the first trailer? Racing oh, used to I be don't... about racing, or racing used to be about winning or something? Yeah, it was something about, like, winning used to be about winning, or something real dumb. But this one... Like Momoa has Dante saying, all right, dorks, what are we blowing up? Great line. I like it. Great line. It's great. I, I hope that he does. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to see him be a villain. He seems so geeked at it. I'm. It makes me excited for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this today, but there what? was a quote that Leterrier told Empire... There are many ways of doing quarter-mile races. We're doing a vertical quarter-mile race, which is very interesting. Are they doing, like, a rock climbing situation? That's what I'm imagining. I mean, maybe they go up. I also think they go. They could go down. Oh, yeah, possibly. I don't know, like, man. But they already did the rappelling down the building in Hobbs and Shaw, so if they do that again... Yeah, but that wasn't in Cars. Oh, so you just think you're just racing in a car down? I mean, they could get dropped on top of, like, a volcano. I mean, we talk about the loosey-goosey physics in these movies, but gravity is, like, dom. Everything gets pulled towards it. That's what I'm thinking. It's easier to go down than go up. I I think that they're going to want to go up. I think that's what it is. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Apparently, they're doing a quarter-mile vertical race, so... If we were doing yes or no questions and this movie was coming out, we knew this when it was when nine was ended, then I would add the question like, do you think a vertical race means them going up or them going down? Yeah. Because you're on the downside, I'm on the upside. We'll see what people 50, think. We 50 can take split, a poll. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We All actually right. should just make that a poll on Twitter. Like does vertical Ooh, yeah, race. I'll mean? That right now. Yeah. Do you have any other Fast and Furious news? We have two pieces of Roman news, of Tyrese news. <laughs> no. to, but do you have anything else that is of Fast and Furious news? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Then why don't you, while I make this poll, please explain the video you sent around. Because I don't know the backstory to it. You just said that there's a, a thing going viral for one reason, but there's another thing going on. So please just explain what this video is. Okay, so I think the context is, let me try to put it together. I think they're making a documentary about this party that used to happen or did happen. I don't know if it happened more than once or not, but it was at HBCUs that was called like Freaknik, okay? And it was a party that like a lot of people would go to, and it was just like, you know, fun time, like akin to like homecoming at Howard type situation where like a bunch of people went and what happened was is like a bunch of famous people wound up at this party. There's a lot of controversy about it that I'm, I'm piecing this together. Like I said, I'm not very well versed on it, but um, there's a lot of controversy because I think they're making a documentary about it saying like how cool it was, but also a lot of people are finding lost footage of women getting sexually assaulted in videos at this party. And so people are like, you know, why are we glorifying something that 
like, why are we only remembering the good and not talking about the bad? We hope the documentary does justice on both ends. I don't know if this is from that or not, but in this context, somebody found a video, a woman dancing with a bunch of people around her watching. Clothes. Dan- dancing is a word. Progr- yeah, suggestively dancing. She's twerking. She's twerking. There's a lot of people around her. She's clothed, but suggestive. A person in the front row is Kanye West. So everybody's like, look at Kanye in the front row of this. And everybody has like their old Motorola flip phone, camera phones out taking video. Some guy has a handheld camcorder taking video. It's wild, wild scene. But of note to us, directly behind Kanye is Tyrese (laughs) in a full Celtics fitted jersey Mm -hmm. matching set. It's awesome. I saw like a tweet that was really funny that was like, <laughs> somebody was like, I think this is from from uh, that party. And somebody goes, no, because Tyrese is wearing a Celtics jersey of a player that would only have been allowable between these two seasons that he was good <laughs> and like nailed down the date between like, like like a year and a half right of this guy but um yeah Tyrese popped into the news because of that uh I thought it was super fascinating so I sent it to Joey and we giggled that everybody was talking about Kanye and then Tyrese is in the background well, as yeah, well I, you said you said this is going viral because of Kanye but like look at someone else in this video and I watched it and I was like if you just described the scene to me and said you have three guesses yes. to guess who would be behind Kanye. It wouldn't take me three to guess Tyrese. Yeah. Because like, with, with the context of knowing that you would be sending early to me for 2000s, certain reasons, like, Early 2000s. Now. Guys on their phones taking video of a girl twerking. Kanye West is in the front row. Who do you think is behind him? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have got there pretty quick. Yeah. So earlier this week or late last week, I don't remember when. News broke. Okay. News is a very strong word. Yeah, this, this is not very much news, but okay. Tyrese says, this is on April 6th, Tyrese says him and Paul Walker were both hooking up with Ava Mendez's stunt double yes. while on set for the 2003 film Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. So we had always posited, this is this is your theory, this is, you, get, you get credit for this. Okay. Or maybe, maybe, I don't think it was your idea originally, but I think you expanded it. Okay. But you said, we had the idea that maybe Denise was someone they knew in real life. And you were like, what if it was some girl that Tyrese was hooking up with while making yes. movie? Some girl that they had to mutually know. That that only makes sense how this joke lands with no context. We don't know who Denise is, right? So they have fun. Clearly, we've talked about this a lot. They, while making too fast, they have a lot of fun. They're hungover. Too much you know, fun. They went out drinking, yeah. whatever. They just hit it off. And they just, you know, the movie kind of suffered for it a little bit in some scenes, whatever. When they bring up no niece Denise... It's like they have a shared history there, but no one really knows what the fuck they're talking about. And so our theory was maybe someone they knew in real life, whatever. Yeah, and possibly from the set of Too Fast that, like, Paul delivers an off-key joke Mm -hmm. improv in that situation, and Roman's like, oh, shit, why did you bring up this girl that we both know? And that's how you get a pure reaction. Makes sense. In Furious 7, right. Yeah. So, news breaks that Tyrese is talking about this on a podcast. And we're like, oh, Tyrese. Well, she brought it up first. The well, girl we didn't know came that. out. We didn't, we didn't know that. 
Okay, we yeah, just yeah, thought okay. that Tyrese was just running his mouth like, Flexing. yo, let me tell you about the story about this time that me and Paul were hooking up with the same girl, whatever. Yeah. We're like, oh, boy. And then you look into it, and Cindy Leon, who is Ava Mendes' stunt double, was talking to In Touch Weekly. Yes. Where she confirmed that she did, in fact, sleep with both actors before divulging a few details. In the bedroom, she says, Tyrese was sexy and freaky, while Paul was sweet and loving. She added that Tyrese had the bigger manhood, but noted that Paul was, quote, good. He was not small. I'm not complaining. That's the creepiest thing to say about a dead guy, I think. His dick? Not small. Pretty good. Like, she didn't she didn't bury him with the with the penile size comments, but at the same time, he is buried. So let's I, Wow. What? <laughs> that was a sentence. That is a that is a play on words I was not expecting. <laughs> Glad we got there. Um, I hope that in my obituary they don't list my penis size. How about you? I, I don't think it's normal for anybody. I mean, okay, list of people, maybe Charles Bronson, probably not, though. Ron Jeremy, maybe, but probably not his size, probably just the fact that he was prolific, a prolific sex actor. Yes. I don't know who else. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, if I was interviewed about someone that I had a relationship with at any point and they were dead, I would probably leave these comments out of it. Yeah. The normal thing to do. <laughs> it seems seems pretty run-of-the-mill baseline normal to not reference. Like, she could have even said, like, you know, I hooked up with both of them. I would have gotten that. But for her to be like, you know what? Tyrese had a big one. Paul wasn't small either. Mm-hmm. That seems like a little that's that's a that's a bridge too far for me. So then, before we knew, before in the interim between the time that I knew that Tyrese talked about this and I knew that Cindy Leon was talking to In Touch Weekly, yes, I looked on IMDb. I feel like we must have done this before, but maybe we didn't because it wouldn't like they're not like updating IMDb for too fast. No, and there is a stunt performer on the set of Too Fast, Too Furious named Denise. And yeah, so we Joey. Found, we found pictures of her, and she's like just like this cute blonde girl, and she's like, well, she wouldn't double for Eva Mendez. Yeah, because he was looking, he was looking to find out who the stunt double was, right. kind and, of and, right, and, and yeah, and, and see if she was Denise. So you correct. search for Denise, and we find you find these pictures, pictures of Paul and her, like because you know, some on of the set. performers, like there will be like a stunt performer that's like stunt performer, stunt double, Mr. Walker or stunt double Mr. Gibson or whatever. But yeah. like Ms. Mendez did not have one. So I'm like, okay, but I did find a stunt performer named Denise. We're like, hmm. But I'm like, it doesn't look like her. But then Go ahead. The last name, which I didn't realize, is Gallo. Gallo twenty four. So to Gallo imagine 12. it's not her, but that Noni's Denise was also part of the Gallo Pizza Fortune. Yeah, she's the heiress to the Gala Pizza Throne. So in Too Fast, we have the heiress to the Gala Pizza Throne. We have the heiress to Benihana's. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, uh-huh. we have a woman named Denise who might be no knees Denise, but they were also hooking up with Eva Mendez's stunt double. Cindy Leon. Cindy Leon. The web, the web spun itself, my friends. But I did laugh at the Gallo 24, Gallo 12, Denise Gallo. They, they had to name the Gallo pizza joke. Like, that joke has to be after her, right? Like there was No, I don't think so. Like, because there's, like, there's like 50 or 60 stunt performers in this movie. It's not like there were like four of them. Like, I, I think hey, it's just, I think hey, it's a coincidence. it's Lance Barnaby. 
from school. I could definitely see somebody there be like... The guy who wrote Lance Barnaby did not write the screenplay for this movie. I can tell you that much. I know that, but I'm saying, like, the stunt people and the props people might have been together. And they're like, hey, like, we need a pizza cup, whatever. And they mock one up, and they're like, we're just going to call it Gallo's Pizza because Denise is pretty cool. That's funny. Sounds like an Italian name. She's the only one on set that has an Italian name. We'll just drop that in as an Easter egg for us. And they ran with it, and now we have Gallo, Denise Gallo, Gallo 24. This is a joke that I would make to myself. That's why I'm saying this. The Spotted Gallo, a Nicaraguan eatery in Miami. That's See? not it. No. There is a Gallo's Pizza and Subs, but it's in New York. Okay. Okay. It was it was not the answer that we were hoping for, but like we got we got an answer, sort of. Kind Maybe. of. Maybe. At least and we, we learned some facts. Yeah, at, at least we know that. I mean, not that you know, two uh, handsome actors, famous, wealthy, out drinking in Miami. We're definitely going to like have fun, but that they basically, you know, proverbially shat where they ate is with the same food in this weird metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Who then know. spoke to In Touch Weekly? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, that was big news. That was really big news. I liked it. That was good. So shout out to, I guess, to Cindy Leon. Um, any other news you've seen? No, that's it. Joe, then extracurricular activities. What have you been up to in the last three weeks? Rachel's parents came to visit, and we went to go see this concert. That's why they came to visit. They had seen this band perform called okay. Postmodern Jukebox, okay? Okay. And Postmodern Jukebox is like an ensemble band that uh, does like essentially big band swing style covers of pop songs. Okay. And it was a lot of fun. Cool. It was just really, really cool. It was just like a goofy, like, you know, they do like Billie Eilish and things like that. And they have horns and they tap dance and it's like a whole shebang. And cool. uh, we had a really good time. It was cool. cool. Very cool. And good to see them as always. And then the other thing that I did was um, I snuck up to Fenway for the first time for me mm-hmm. and got oh, you to never see been there before i had never been to fenway wow before, okay no. and i got to see the pirates play the red sox in fenway and sweep them and had really good seats for which what is very cheap for the northeast and um rachel and i went and i was sitting like right behind the pretty much like the batter's box mm-hmm. like the on deck box crazy good seats. um crazy good seats and um like the like one of these uh, fans of the Red Sox was like heckling O'Neill Cruz, and he was like, "Hey, when the Pirates decide to not pay you, we always have a spot for you here, bud." And like he started laughing because he could like hear him. That's how close we were, so that was funny. Um, but overall, just a great day, and uh, it was really cool to do that. As for like movies and things, mm-hmm. uh haven't been watching much to be honest ted lasso caught up on ted lasso which is always great have you started it yet i've only seen one episode that's one where like when you, i will when you watch w- it but i also feel like the purpose it served in my life during the pandemic like that time is gone now and i don't know that i'm going to care about it the same way that i cared about it when, I, when it debuted you know what i mean like yeah that's fair but i mean also it's the last season so just like yeah i know, I know I you're will gonna watch finish it. it yeah yeah when you get to episode two and three let me know because there's something I think very pivotal and funny about those that you might not know if you're not a soccer fan. 
episodes two and three, you said? Yeah. Okay. okay. Like, once you finish three, let me know, because it's another one of those situations where there's, like, context that you, you might not get if you don't know the soccer context of it. Okay. Type situation. Sure, yep. So, whenever you do that, let me know if you guys have watched them and you want me to tell you and don't know the soccer context, whatever, whatever, shoot me a message or something, and I'll I'll tell you what I'm thinking, because I think it's really, really funny, and it makes the, the episodes two and three funnier once you know that. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um. Other than that, just, like, trash TV, watching a lot of sports. Uh, the Penguins really fucked themselves yesterday, so that's good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, the Penguins were in a spot that they needed to win out the last two games of the season to be in the playoffs. They played the two worst teams in the league, teams actively trying to lose because the number one overall draft pick is like supposedly a generational talent. So teams really, really want this guy. And last night they laid a fucking egg at home, lost to the second worst team in the league on fan appreciation night, as bad as it gets. Just fucking burn it all down. Sweet. I'm done. It's baseball season. I'm getting ready for the draft. Cool. I told my friends I'm Febrezing my couch. I'm steam cleaning it. I'm getting. I'm polishing my golf clubs. <laughs> it's it's over. We're done. So well, it feels like we can just kind of fast forward through the playoffs anyway, and just like give the, the give the Stanley Cup to the Bruins, right? So I know it doesn't work like that. I mean, you. Would I know it's just that. all about a goalie getting hot. But I know that, but like there's... it's it's in the President's Trophy is a curse. You know this too. Like you don't often win the President's Trophy and win the Stanley Cup in the same year. Yeah. Well, I mean mathematically only one of 16 like only one team in the league wins the president's cup and then president's trophy and then that's one of 32 yeah and then one of 16 so to why no but i'm just saying like only one team wins that like you then you take the field just mathematically like they might have the best team but like more often than not math is on the side of the field yeah that's true yeah it's 15 to 15 to 16 right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so we'll see how it goes. I'll actually watch it though. It actually it's it's kind of comforting. They still have a shot to get in. I don't think they're going to do it. They need like Islanders to lose tonight and then win tomorrow and they're playing like bums, so not super sold on it. Yeah, I was watching some of the NBA play-in games last night and just like these are bad this is bad basketball. <laughs> like the Lakers Was it? Who, it was bad. Man, it was bad. I heard the Lakers came back big, so that they was did. Cool. No, both those teams play terribly though, so who knows. Nah. Anyway, who knows. Anything else of note or no? Um, no, that's about it. We had our, which I think I previewed very briefly on the last episode because we did it. it was the last life on the fast lane was two days before I left, but we had our fantasy baseball draft at a cabin in the woods. Not really a cabin in the woods, but cabin lakeside in sort of north-ish Jersey somewhere. Um, which was very fun. We had seven of twelve of our league there. That's pretty cool. And then we had that's a pretty good turnout. Four more, I think, joined via FaceTime for the draft, like portions of the draft whenever they were involved. So that was cool. Like our only really requi- our only real requirement was uh, to have a place with a hot tub, and we got a hot tub, and you know just had some good food and drafted a little bit. We're gonna change the draft. The draft's gonna mean more next year, which I'm thankful for because this is kind of a boring draft because of our keeper situation, which I was telling you about, which I don't need to bore people yes. with on air. But you know, next year we're we're sort of you know we're trying to fix the league. We're trying to repair the tire while we're driving down the highway, as the saying goes, or whatever. So yeah. But it was That's fun. Cool. It's always good to get to get get together with friends and drink and whatever and have good food and I'm talk planning about to do that. We're heading to uh, uh, Vegas for the draft, so I'm going to do a very similar thing without the actual our league's drafting part, but yes. just to watch the NFL yeah. draft and uh, get drunk in a pool and you know make questionable decisions. Super, super cool. 
Yeah. Uh, I went up to Mike's house the weekend after to talk about John Wick 4 and a Elvis movie. So John Wick 4 I saw in theaters, and I... Have the wrong opinion. I have the wrong opinion about John Wick 4. A movie that on the episode I said, I really like most of, I think is better than most movies this year, better than most movies of Keanu's career. I just thought it was long and boring, and that's the wrong opinion. That's the wrong opinion. It's an action movie that's three hours long, and most of it is just dudes talking to each other. It's like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? Like, when it's action, it's cool. If you've not seen John Wick 4, it's probably still in theaters, maybe not too many showtimes, but like... In my opinion, you don't have to see it in theaters, but, you know, that's the wrong opinion. Yeah. And then Bob came up the next day to do a lottery pod, which was good. Trying to see what else I did of note. Oh, I also saw a play with Bob. Okay. So, like, like, before the pandemic, Bob brought me to a play in... Because, he like, both these times he just had an extra ticket and he couldn't get rid of it. He's just like, I know this isn't necessarily your thing, but, like, you want to come? I was like, sure, whatever. I don't don't want to leave you hanging, whatever. Cool. So, before the pandemic, we saw this one-man play... Oh, I'm I'm sort of getting to that. So it was a one man play of this of an adaptation of the novel White Noise by Don DeLillo, which is a book that we both love. Oh, and yay. it was great. And like, well, it was mm, okay. I, I'm I was like, this is very impressive. I don't know that I liked it, but this was very very impressive. It was basically just a guy talking for like you know 80 minutes or something, and just like like it was insane memorization. It was very impressive. I'm just like, I don't know what to make of that. And Bob was like, Oh, I loved it. So okay. then this time he had a ticket, and it was for this play called Leopoldstadt, which is written by this guy Tom Stoppard, who was like a one of, you know, just an all-time great playwright. And this was like set in like the late 1800s and early 1900s. It's like telling the story of like this Jewish family. And I was like, ooh, this really doesn't seem like my kind of thing. But like, you know, he doesn't have a anybody to go, whatever, I'll go. Okay. And I was watching just like, ooh, I'm not loving this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not loving this. And then, like by the end, like there was stuff I loved about it that I thought was really cool and really well done. Like it's, I think it's just always nice to see like live theater, or whatever. But like, we left, and I'm just like, so. And he's like, I have notes. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like I was like, if we had another situation where I was just like, ooh, not really sure. He's like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. I'd be like, oh, maybe you shouldn't bring me any more plays. But like, we're both like, there's some good stuff about it. But like, it's just, it was dense and kind of confusing and sounds right up there yeah yeah so you know whatever but it was, it was cool we didn't even hung out we went to the mlb shop in times square which that's cool the pictures yeah. of the pirates hats and stuff I'm like, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, cool. yeah for sure um then i saw the super mario brothers movie which i won't say that i hated but i liked almost none of I, I heard a lot of people say, there's lots of, oh, did you read the thread on Twitter that was fucking glorious? I sent it to Rachel Mm-mm. that was, that was I saw the Mario Brothers movie in a theater full of small children. And every time Mario came on screen, one of them, a different one, said, hey, that's Mario. Cool. And, and then it was like a bunch of other people re- like commenting like what the kids were saying in their theaters. As much as I'm not a giant fan of children, that thread was incredible. Well, it was so, all like, really good stuff. I saw it on Saturday morning in a with theater a bunch that of old was... ladies. No, no. Well, I mean, I, I have seen movies <laughs> on Saturday mornings with old yes, ladies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, no, but like I saw like at a showtime where kids should be in the theater was like not very crowded. There were kids around, but I couldn't hear them. Like I, we recorded an episode in 1999. And we watched a 90-minute movie called Bats, which I really, really liked. I was like, if you want to see a 90-minute movie that really drags, go see Super Mario. John was like, well, I saw it and I loved it. I was like, well, 
He's like, but I saw it in the theater with my daughters and a bunch of other kids, and that was a. There you like, go. He's like, it was. Slow. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but like, as a movie, it's just like, oh, this is just to sell video games. Like, there's no other reason for this. That's fine. And I also saw something that made me like internally rage, which was somebody made like a fake timeline, like a very MCU style timeline. Okay. That was like, then you make Donkey Kong, then you make. Diddy Kong, mm-hmm. then you make Luigi, well, and then like, you make... like, Jack Black is already here, like, because he plays Donkey Kong, he's like, alright, for the sequel, we gotta get Pedro Pascal in there as Wario. I'm like, dude, the movie just came out, let's not talk about a sequel that is inevitably gonna be made, but, like, let's not remind people of just, like, the never-ending churn of French, content. yes, yes, Like, yes. Melanie Linsky, who was on... Did you watch The Last of Us? Yeah. So, you know, Melanie Linsky, who was in, like, two episodes in the middle, she was uh, like, maybe. I really think there should be a prequel series about my character. And I was just like, fucking no. Like, n- enough. Uh, stop. I'm over This it. is already an adaptation of a video game. We don't need a spinoff to an adaptation of a video game about a character who wasn't in the video game. Like, just do something else that's good. Like, I, I, I appreciate that you like the character that was written well and whatever, but, like, we don't need spinoffs of adaptations of content. You know, yeah. yeah. Whatever. I feel like but, I mean everybody wants a job. Stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Dude, I heard a song. Oh, that's what it was. On this note, do you hear like you don't watch fucking commercials at all? No. But there's a new Taco Bell commercial. Okay. Whopper, song, whopper, double whopper. No, that's that's catchy and gets okay. stuck in your head. The Taco Bell commercial has like the worst song ever. And I said, there's an episode of South Park that I don't think you know, but there's an episode of South Park where like. Stan is listening to new music and all of his friends are like, this this is like my favorite album. What's your favorite song? And every time he puts the headphones on, it's just fart noises. And he's like, he's like, I'm a jaded asshole because like all I hear is people farting every time. And like they hear actual music, but just in his head, he's like, this shit sucks. This is awful. And I've never really, really, really experienced that until I saw this new Taco Bell commercial. And I hate this fucking song in it. But... Yes, I understand. I'm also becoming an old jaded asshole. Well, so like, yes. I feel, I just feel like, like, part of me, especially, I think between doing three podcasts now consistently, and even though I don't really do work on two, on, on 1999 that much, I'm still watching a movie and talking about a movie every two weeks. And then yeah. I'm reading books that, like, I have to read. Like, I, I enjoy reading, and I like reading the books that we're reading, but it's also like, this is more. And then doing more episodes of this. And again, none of that stuff, like, it's it's weird to complain about because it's just like, oh, I have to watch movies and talk about them with my friends. Like, come on. But like between that stuff and then like going to yoga instead of just like walking around, which I again, like I love I like yoga is one of my, my maybe my favorite thing that I do every day. I just have less time and I look at the theaters and I'm just like, this is depressing, man. Like there's nothing out there. And then the movie that's out there is Mario and I go see it. And I'm just like, this sucks. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to think that. Like, I want to go to the movies and be like, that was amazing. That was a great use of 90 minutes. But just, like, no, that was bad. Like, I shouldn't have spent that time there. I should have done, like, almost literally anything else. Yeah. But whatever. It's then okay. Bob came down on Sunday. We did a uh, another lottery pod. We're going to do another one this weekend. We're trying, like, we had a lot of short books. So we're trying to, like, knock them all out kind of quickly. But other than that, just watching baseball. Like, watching three to six hours of baseball a day. Like, not That's actively, fun, though. but just, like, on. Right? Like, the Yankees and then usually the yeah, Dodgers I've, I've or something Yeah, I've converted to... Uh... I've converted from uh, NFL Network in the morning to MLB Network in the Ooh. morning as I'm like drinking coffee because uh, you know you get the good they they do more of like a Sports Center kind of 
recap as opposed to NFL Network, which just has Kyle Brandt and what's his name doing like segments trying to fill two and a half hours. Well, yeah, that's the thing. During... It's, like, it's like this is yeah, this is not the time for NFL. Like I would say, no. like when training camp starts, sure. Through this, and then like, even the draft, like yeah. even when we're like at the, you know what I mean, like that will be okay. But like, yeah, it's like the week leading up to the Super Bowl. It's like, oh, all right, so you only you have you have to fill eight hours or whatever with just about one game, which I know is the biggest game. But like, you're ready, and then like as soon as that ends, it's just like, okay, so you have nothing to talk about from four months. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. MLB TV also has this thing called Big Inning, which is like Red Zone, which I have not watched yet. Oh, like, I, I, I have I a different it, channel. I opened it once, and it was just like a guy warming up in the bullpen. Like I, I, like I know it was just like they were. It was some game that like whatever. But I'm just like, oh. I right. also, I also have Strike Zone, and they play it on certain days. And it's like that's their. It's on Wednesdays and Fridays throughout the regular season. That's cool. Yeah, it's. I clicked it. It's not on now, and it is Wednesday. So I don't know what the fuck that actually means, but yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Um, I think that's everything. Have I seen anything of note that I want to point out? Rewatched Spring Breakers. Loved that still, obviously. That's awesome, yeah. Um, rewatched Out of Sight on Easter, because I do it every Easter, because like, it's one of my favorite movies. I think it's a perfect movie. We watched it for Cinemakers. I just happened to watch it on Easter like six or seven years ago. I'm like, I love this movie. I'm watch it every Easter, because I don't have like... Cool. Like, yeah, when my parents are up here, like, there's, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, I got nothing to do. Like, I'm not coming over like first thing in the morning, so like, I'll just watch a movie. Out of Sight. Love it. Works. Have you seen Out of Sight or no? No. I think you would love it. It's Soderbergh. It's it's Clooney and J-Lo. It's very sexy. It's very funny. It's wonderful. It's, it's, I truly think one of the best movies have ever, ever been made. So Cool. I think that's it, though, of note. No real video game stuff. Haven't been, really been watching TV. I'm in season 18, I think, of The Simpsons now, which is crazy. Jeez, okay. Getting there. Getting there. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, you're getting there for sure. All right, Joe, the final thing to do before we say goodbye is the Fast and the Furious Minutes for Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 85. minute garage doors idle after several seconds they're opened to reveal the scramble dozens of cars pour out of the garage pickup trucks lead the charge pushing cop cars out of the way tuners soon follow as the garage door openers wave them out police helicopters hover overhead startled and confused we see orange julius and slapjack as two of the many drivers bilkin watt bilkins watches on from afar via monitors as a smile slowly creeps across his face and the minute ends. Almost literally the only things that I have of note here is that the song is Breakout slash Scramble and Bluff by David Arnold and Pitbull. And 
Orange Julius and Slapjack are wearing different clothes than they wore in the first race, but both are still on brand. Well, I wouldn't say obviously because it's just like, oh, like, that's their outfit. You know what I mean? But, like, Slapjack is still in football, like, sort of athletic attire. And Orange Julius still wearing orange and still sort of, like, kind of – like, in the first one, like, he's kind of, like, got, like – like, he's showing at the middle of his chest, and now he's showing his arms, right? Because Maureen Alaska is a ripped, handsome dude. So he's like, I got to show skin. But they're both still on brand for those racers. But, Joe, this was this was your minute. What did you notice here? Anything cool in, in the sea of cars that we find? I did. I found something very, very cool. There's a whole bunch of cars. I obviously got them. Two cool things that I learned watching this minute. In this minute, specifically... There's a couple 240SXs, okay? What and does that of, mean to a normal person? A specific type of Nissan. Okay. There's two There's two Nissans in this minute, okay, that are a specific model. I saw a blue one, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. We don't get to the next one until the next part, the next minute, but there's a blue one. I'm, like, looking at it, and somebody on Car Movie Database had commented that this was one of the doubles of Letty's car from the first movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it is one of the, uh, like, not the hero car, but one of the doubles. They had just painted it blue and used it in the scramble. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And they have um, a video of the guy that now owns it, which led me down to a little bit of a rabbit hole, which is kind of really, really cool. Wait, so, so there's when you, this, when you, her car from the first movie, you're talking about the one that she rolls up to Dreda's Marketing Cafe in the beginning in. Yes. And the one that yes. she uses to race in Race Wars. Yes. Okay. That not, car. not the one that like w- that she and Dom are doing decals on or whatever. Because there's like the two cars. There's like the one that Brian brings for Dom. No, it's her, also the it's her red car. It's her normal. It's her everyday car. Okay, cool. And, you know, obviously when they're shooting the movie, they have to have a bunch of them. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So I found and have it in the document. There's this YouTube channel. This guy called the Furious Garage, and you know what he does? Chronicles all of these cars. Better. He bought them all, dude. Whoa, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. So he goes and like finds like the hero cars, the backup cars, all these things, and he like knows all the history of them, has all of them, and restores them to okay, so, like what cool. they look like in the movies, yeah. and has this whole garage full of Fast and Furious cars. So I highly recommend it. I had never found this before. This dude is really, really cool. Seems a little bit more relaxed than Craig Lieberman. He's just like a fan that like finds okay. and wants to keep and restore these cars. He had no skin in the game, but he does respect it and tries to do this. So um, I highly suggest you check out the Furious Garage YouTube channel. It's awesome. He has Dom's RX-7 from the first movie, Letty's uh, backup car, one of the doubles of Letty's car. And I found later that he had actually found Letty's hero car, too, and went and got that as well, which was also used in the scramble and just painted a different color. Very cool. Yes, yeah, so it was painted orange for the did scramble. Own, do you, did, did you get a sense? Did he own these cars before the second movie, and he let them borrow both? No, 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 no. He's just been collecting them okay, since. Okay, okay. okay, got it. Yeah, and and um, has amassed a bunch of them and restores them, whatever. But he found this guy that somehow owned, like, just had it in his like outside of his house and parked on the lawn, like Letty's. That's cool. Hero car. 
And then he was like, so there's like a video of him sent, like going with his buddy with the trailer to go pick it up. He was like, I harassed this guy enough for him to sell it to me because I told him like, you know, I have everything else, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, look here, like it has the original wing and the like front clip from the the wing in the trunk from Too Fast still with it. Like he has all these things and it's really, really cool. That's so awesome. super cool. Yeah. I think that was like one of the biggest finds I had. Um, like I said, I highly recommend you check it out. The Furious Garage. Yeah, and I'll put I'll put a link to that in the episode description here. So you should, depending on your podcatcher, podcatcher, you should be able to find it. Otherwise, just you know, go to cageclub.me and just click on it from there, or just you know, search on YouTube yourself. But I'll I'll link it in the description. Yeah, the guy's cool. There, I mean, there's a ton, a ton of videos. He owns a lot of these cars. I only dug in on the Letty ones because of this, and this is where I like wound up at. But um. It's super cool. Highly awesome. recommended. Cool. So you had a question, and I have, I think, a very, very good question. Well, because you know, we were there's dozens, if not more. I don't think I don't, there might not be a hundred, but there's at least dozens of cars in this. But like, yes. all that happens is they all just come out of the garage. Yes. Like you know the scramble. You've seen this movie probably a bunch. You know what this scene is, but like nothing happens. And I feel like that's more indicative of two. Like, I feel like in spite of watching these movies 12 times or talking about these 12 times or whatever, right? Like, in spite of the insanity we're doing, breaking it down by minute really shows how, like, maybe it's recency bias. I don't know. But it feels like there are far more minutes in Too Fast than in the first movie where nothing happens. Where it's, it's not true. like, it's not like, it's oh, you know, visual. like, there's just whatever. It's just like, no, there's like nothing. Like, it's just, it's whatever. Yep. So it's it's changing the way that we're I think we're kind of thinking about these movies. And I wonder if there's gonna be one like like we think, oh Tokyo Drift, like there's so much music, and there's so much whatever, but like maybe we watch it like, oh, there's not really like minute by minute, but who knows? I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's it's yeah, I don't know. but like it's it it's feels a cool like experiment. Especially in the back half of this movie where there are more action scenes. And maybe later movies are gonna be even worse. I don't know. You know, when we get to them in like forty years. Um yeah. I don't know, but okay. So my my original question, which I don't think we can do, nope. is what color car is not seen during the scramble? Because I didn't see a green car, but I actually found a green car, so we can't do that. But Joe, you say you have another question that we can actually do, but you also preface it yes. by saying like it's kind of a dumb question. Or what, what was your what was your? No, 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 no. Oh, I think it's, it's, a, it's, good a, question. it's a genuine question. Okay. My question is: Is who from the first race do we not see driving their car? Ooh, Sosuki. Yes, and her car is in the next minute, but it's not being driven by Suki. Did you watch the next minute as well? Yes, okay. as research to make sure that this question didn't like break next minute. Because in the next minute, two of Suki's, uh, we'll call them her pit crew, are driving her car, but it's not her. So we see the car, and they're in it, but she's not in it. We know Sugi's part of the scramble because yes. she and Tej get pulled over and arrested. No, no, no. I said not seeing seen driving their car in the scramble because oh. I don't know if later, like if further minutes, Suki is driving. So okay. I, I don't okay. want to break it that way. Get what I'm saying? Does that I make do. more yeah. sense? Yes, I do. Yes. So Orange Julius, Slapjack, Suki. The answer is Suki. Yeah. So minute. Oh, but we need a minute title. Oops, all cars. Um, the Furious Garage. Oh, yeah, it's, defi the it's definitely the Furious Garage. Yeah, that's good. So, 
Minute 85 of the Furious Garage, which racer from the film's first race do we not see driving their car in the scramble? Orange, Julia, Slapjack, or Suki? The answer, trick answer, sort of. Suki. Yeah, because her car's in it, but she's yep. not driving it. And we do see them, and they are driving their cars, so. Yeah. Good question. I like that. I like that. You, I thought you would like that. I thought that that's it's fair. It's it's clean. It's definitive. Tough, but fair. Um, anything else to say about this minute of the movie? Uh, no, I'm gonna get some more cars next time. I did get a fuck ton of cars. I like. You're, you're like, just getting like these are all like mostly listed on the Internet Movie Car Database. A lot, a lot aren't like that's why it's hard. Like I think. I think everybody watched this and went, mm, I give up. So I added as many as I could. Um, and I think like there's some that just like blow by, right? That you're just like, I don't know what the fuck that is. But like I tried to pin down anything that I could make out the at least the manufacturer of I made note of. Cool. Because there are, as you know, a lot of cars. A lot of cars. Yeah. yeah. Also, like I looked at like the the – six or seven or eight people who open the garage doors. I'm like, are any of them wearing anything nope. cool? The answer, nope. not really. One guy has like the biohazard, kind of like the three concentric circles or whatever that like all in there's like kind of like the, the zombie, like quarantine, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. But I'm like, that's just kind of like generic. Like it's not like there's no big stuff Pokemon plushie equivalent here, right? Like no, it's, there isn't. Our next episode on the main feed is our tune up. No one likes the tune up. Yeah, true. Next week with Montez. After that, we've got very exciting. I've never seen this movie. I think it's I think it's a Disney Channel original movie. I think Brie Larson in Right on Track. I think I she's like no a go kart driver is. or something. I don't know what it is, but it's that's kind of sick. Up. Okay, we got that. We got Tess in Right on. Is track. she like the mom or like one of the like teens? No, this in is two thousand three. This is two thousand three. She is so she's like the the kid. child. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And then we got a uh, life in fast lane, and then from then on, a lot of it just fast X, fast ten. But between this and the next episode, we will be putting out a bonus episode on the Patreon Repo Men, which is Wes's pick for this lap. So go check that out, Repo Men from 2010. If you're not a patron yet, go to TooFastTooForever.com. We just did a bonus episode this week of Dollar Amanda Park. Yeah, Nick Burris's patron pick. No, I'm gonna say that as a Patreon bonus. If if you're a patron, you know there's there's more to the tune up this time. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share on the main feed. You're gonna have to go to the the Patreon. Oh, listen to the Anna Park episode. One dollar. We ha- we haven't had a bunch of people sign up and cancel immediately lately. So that's fine. We'll get it. You know, fifty five cents after Patreon takes its cut. Exactly. They don't take half, but they might take half of a dollar. I don't know. And then right on track. I'm very excited. It is right on track on Disney Plus. It is on Disney Plus, baby. Perfect. Nice. Oh, also starring in it, Beverly Mitchell of Seventh Heaven fame. I don't know who that is, but okay. Seventh Heaven and nothing else as far as I know, but her and Brie Larson in this movie. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read what the movie's about. I hope Disney that Plus. it's as good as fucking Motocross. That's all I can Super hope cross. for. Supercross. With Rowdy Sparks. Yeah. The, the Channing Tatum one. That Magic one's fucking Mikes, good. if you want. Yeah. That's a movie you liked a lot more than I did, but, you know. It's so dumb. But yes, I'm hoping that we get a lot of that. For all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page. Just a dollar, Too Fast, or more if you want, at Too Fast Too Forever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash shop. 
and come back next week for the tune-up lap 12 with Montez. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we will tell you all about it when we see you 